This is Click. Space cybersecurity, experiencing dementia through virtual reality, robots for zapping lionfish, and we have the startup working on flying cars over in Portland, Oregon. And we have comment from last week's very excellent presenter, but this week's studio expert, Bill Thompson. Hello, Bill. Hello there, Gareth. Nice to be back in the usual seat. And it's splendid that they've let me back. I'm so glad you mentioned flying cars there, because that's uh, part of the subject uh, for our final item. In fact, we're off to Portland, Oregon, to its famous Silicon Forest. So it's their, I suppose, counterpart to Silicon Valley in California. And there's a startup there working on flying cars, Another is working on autonomous vehicles, and we have this report from Alison Van Diggelen, who's been there. My first stop was the Technology Association of Oregon. Its president, Skip Newbury, is bullish about Portland's growth prospects in data, software, and the Internet of Things. I refer to Portland as kind of having this Goldilocks phenomenon. We're not too big, not too small, not too expensive. And yet we also have some interesting amenities and international connections. We have a great quality of life. He sent me to PolySync, a software startup that helps speed up the development of autonomous cars. On the right trigger, we have acceleration. In a converted warehouse, PolySync's engineers test the software of autonomous cars to make sure all the sensors are communicating. Field engineer Evan Livingston gave me a demo. In this car, we have about 15 different sensors. We have four cameras that give us 360-degree view of the environment. We have six radars. We have two different LiDAR systems. And then we have a GPS inertial movement unit. It gives us very accurate location of the vehicle. We discussed the fatal crash involving Tesla's autopilot feature. That's a problem with autonomous driving, is that each one of these, we call them sensing modalities, has their limitations. You know, some don't see well in rain, some don't see in fog, some don't see well at dusk. The mobile eye, which is what Tesla was using for a while to detect lanes and some objects that does very poorly at dusk when the sun is head-on onto it. You really want a lot of these backup, you want systems that are all corroborating the environment. In my opinion, you know, the more sensing, the better. PolySync's team has doubled in size this year, driven by partnerships with over 50 car makers and their suppliers. The company uses a 32-acre mock city near Detroit for testing. It's called M-City. Here's PolySync's CEO, George Hartung. They have cute fake buildings and intersections and a small section of highway, little stoplights. They have different ways that they can sort of trick an algorithm to think that it's a real person. And they do that often with, with cardboard cutouts or inflatable targets. And it's one of the first in the, in the world, in fact. Across the Willamette River, I meet with Jonathan Evans, a former Black Hawk pilot. He leads Skyward, an operations platform for commercial drones. He's excited about how our perception of drones is changing as they touch our lives ever more closely, from fun toys to aerial surveys to even delivering breaking news. They look at this really beautiful piece of technology that is really like a, a, a flying cell phone. You know, it's a gyro-stabilized, grid-oriented, information-oriented robot that can kind of move ubiquitously in space. We take the pilot's and the aircraft, and we put them into the global airspace and help them conform to whatever the rules of the road are there. We were in the era of the Wild West, um, but now we have regulators that have provided us the channels to flow into responsibly. You can see a dramatic shift into civilization in the sky. Evans thinks that drones will soon make deliveries 
even internet delivery, and anticipates a paradigm shift in transportation. On the ground, things are getting much more clogged, and it's harder to move from A to B. And when you look at the sky, you have a blank slate. Within five to ten years, fundamentally, you will see human-moving aerial robots that will be moving programmatically in space. And it's a lot like the vision we have of the Jetsons. It's going to be much more on demand. It's going to be much cheaper, empowering all of us to be able to access the sky for whatever we want to. Back to Silicon Valley companies may steal the limelight, but behind the scenes, Portland's Silicon Forest is making its mark on the evolution and impact of technology around the world. That's kind of cool, man. Alison Van Diggelen. So what, are we really heading for the Jetsons in our lives, do you think, Bill Thompson? Well, I, I started off being really sceptical about this. I know it just won't work properly. But then I discovered that uh, a human-carrying drone is being tested in Nevada. The E-Hang is being tested. Uh, that you know, The actual hardware is being built. You get the E-Hang 184. It can go... Um, 20 kilometres, 100 kilometres an hour. So the hardware is there, and what we hear from uh, Skyward is that the regulation is starting to be there. And, of course, that's the crucial thing. It's about making sure that as we have the technology that can deliver these things, it fits into a broader regulatory environment so it becomes both legal and as safe as it can be to do them. It took a long time for the automobile, for the car, to go from being something strange and mysterious to, to dominating our cities. I actually now do think we will get to the stage where we're using the skies in these new ways. So actually, yeah, it is coming. Mm, Wow. Bill, thank you so much for that. Well, that is it for this week. But of course, we'll be back next week with more. I'll be back, not going away for some time. The producer's Colin Grant. I'm Gareth Mitchell. Thanks for listening.